0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: This is the
2: Conversation Hour. On ABC Radio, Melbourne and Victoria. Now that most of us bank online, we pay for items with our phone and barely carry cash, does it really matter if our physical banks are closing down? Do we need bricks and mortar banks? Kirsten Diprose, as always, joining us from ABC
3: Warrnambool. Kirsten when was the last time you walked into a bank? Well, good morning, Rochelle. It was yesterday, actually. I went into the branch in Hamilton with my two kids. We had a lovely time banking their money. So, you know, my eldest had a little jar, a Vegemite jar full of coins and things. He's eight and my six-year-old had a similar sort of thing, an old makeup case of mine with, you know, coins and a couple of notes and, you know, that's money that they've Earned for weeks and weeks, probably months, and they love getting to go to the bank. It's part of their reward and putting it in the bank, and it's part of their understanding of how banking works and they're kind of getting their head around interest. Uh, So we had a great time, a very positive experience at a physical bank branch just yesterday.
2: Well, that might be one of the last times you get to do that because, and as a result, we have a Senate inquiry looking into bank closures in particular around regional and rural Victoria. But more and more of our banks are closing down. And it's very easy, isn't it, to say we don't need them. Anymore. Uh, You know, we do all of our banking online or we pay for everything in a digital way, and that the only people that need banks now are maybe our seniors and maybe our elderly people in our community. And yes, they do. But once you start to scrape away at this person, and what I'm really looking forward to today is that if we lose our physical banks, what are we losing? And I'm not talking just in the regions, you know, in suburban Melbourne as well. A few years ago, I went to go to what I thought was my local. my local suburban bank branch, only to discover it was now a $2 shop. So <laughs> <laughs> Times are changing. Times have changed. I got myself a couple of bargains and, you know, some out-of-date lollies and that was fine. Would have been better if you banked that money, Rochelle. Exactly. <laughs> but once you start to scrape away at this, you discover that... At a time when more and more of us are under financial stress, stress and pressure where we're concerned about everything from our interest rates to how we're going to make ends meet and what the future is, how can we plan for more interest rates? You know, what, what, what do we need to uh, predict when it comes to our financial security? The role of a physical bank and of a bank manager, we need them more than ever. And when was the last time you met someone and you said, what do you do for a living? And they said, I'm a bank manager.
3: Yeah, there used to be a lot more of them, that's for sure. But to answer your question about, you know, what do you lose? Well, you certainly lose the experience that I had yesterday of of the kids. You know, it's not quite as engaging as moving some money around on a screen, is it? You know, so they can see the money going into their bank account, which, yes, I could have done. Um, but, you know, there's a relationship that you build up with people in the banks, certainly in regional areas. And if I look at my own region, so around the sort of southwest, I remember 10 years ago when I first sort of coming started coming here, uh, Port Ferry had three banks and now it's just got one. Um, there's no bank in Koroit now. It closed. There's no bank in Tarang. There's no bank in Mortlake, which is a fairly sizable town. Uh, there's one in Timboon still, but it's only open between sort of nine 30 and 12 maybe Monday to Thursday so every time you go it's never open Um, it's yeah. certainly changed.
2: Well, in total, Victoria once had 678 of the four big banks. That number is now 196. So that's a 71% cut overall. And in just since 2022, 20 banks in Victoria have been lost. So as we said, there's a Senate inquiry looking into regional and rural bank closures. It was announced after the closure of 100 regional bank branches just since September. So what did What does it mean to you? What does this inquiry mean to you? Do we need physical banks? How does a local bank closure affect you? Texts already saying, I'm severely vision impaired. I don't do online banking because it's too easy to make a mistake. I definitely need my bank, says Susie. And another saying, oh, there's a difference. A bank that welcomes coins in Richmond. They growl at you if you bring in lots of coins and you have to do it
3: yourself. <laughs> my kids get, got given some money bags so that they could do do it themselves. Um, but they loved that. You know, it's all of that nice experience that a human can give you.
2: Judith's in Malvern East. Hi, Judith. Do you need a, a oh, physical bank?
4: Uh, Rachel, I, I definitely believe you do. There's a, there's a lot of things that you can't actually do over the phone. If you have to take in documents to prove your identity, if you need to show forms for power of attorney, if you need to help someone with their banking, you can't do that over the phone. So, so what are you meant to do if you're in a rural town and you can't get to a bank? And I mean, I'm in the suburb I'm in most of the banks have actually closed. You have to drive some distance to get to one. But that's could, not as bad as if you're in rural Victoria.
3: Could you go to the post office? I think Oz Post is picking up a bit of the slack from the banks disappearing. Could you go to the post office for that sort of thing? Not, not that I know of. I, I was told that I had to go into my local branch in order to
4: do these things.
2: So I'm a firm advocate for having a, a bank branch. There's so many people that agree with you, Judith. This is from Verity who's in Croydon. It says, I run a small business in Warrenwood, and we need access to our local bank for depositing cash and cheques and for getting change. Closing bank branches is helping make cash obsolete and so many of our customers still love using cash. And what's going to be interesting today, Kirsten, is that anecdotally we're hearing for people that might have to travel 45, 50 minutes to get to their bank at the end of the day because like Verity, their customers still want to like to or need to use cash people are having to transport large sums of money in their you know, themselves to the next town if they can make it to the next town before the bank closes and if they they can't they're then having to take large sums of cash home and some people are even we're hearing getting almost like industrial-type vaults, you know, like safes at home because they're so worried about the amount of cash that they're having to bring home overnight because there's physically no bank for them to get to.
3: Yeah, I mean, I live in a rural community and farmers still often use cash. You know, if they're buying sort of machinery off off each other, which happens fairly regularly, and it might be five grand or six grand here or even more, the idea of having that cash and, yeah, you're 50 minutes from a bank, lugging that around, you know, no one really kind of wants to be carrying that sort of cash unless you're someone with these weird complexes about money. Um, you don't actually want that. It's, it's scary to have that much money on you. Kerry's in Wodonga, Morning.
0: Good morning.
2: What do you want to say?
0: I think that um, uh, banks in rural areas and regional areas are really important. It's fine to have internet banking and ATMs for normal everyday transactions, but if you have an issue then that's a very different thing. Often issues are complex and being able to go into a bank to talk to someone, um, they're able to navigate the system and it's certainly so much easier. I recently had an issue with my credit card and uh, I waited on the hotline for an hour and still got no reply. So the next day I went into my local branch And I was in there for 15
2: minutes and the issue was fixed. Yeah, and just being able to ask those questions, that's something that is completely lost now, Kirsten, and... I do, as I said at the beginning of this program, I feel like we need that more than ever. And for someone to understand your personal circumstances as well, you know, growing up in Trafalgar in Gippsland, if you were like the local bank manager, that was kind of like that was the posh job in town. Like you were (laughs) like the dude generally. I don't think we ever had any female bank managers, but it was like a really important job in a small town. Anyhow, growing up, the role of a bank manager I just I, I just think that position has gone, it's disappeared.
3: Yeah, well you're touching on something really interesting which is about change and change happens, you know, we can't live the same as we did thirty odd years ago. But our banks Physical banks still part of our future, and their role might have changed. And perhaps we don't have that bank manager in every town, but we still need that support. I think a lot of people are arguing. Oh, I'd be really interesting to hear from people who who don't agree with that. Um, ben is joining us now from St Kilda. Hi, Ben.
0: Oh, hi. Yeah, look, I, I'm a support worker for a, a non for profit, and and we care for people in their homes, older people. Now. They're having to catch taxis because their local branch is closed. They're catching taxis to the next branch in the next suburb. So they're spending $40 there and back just to get $100 out of cash for the week. Oh, no. And and so many of them are doing this because they physically can't get there themselves. We can't always get there to help them, which is what we do do. But um, we have so many clients uh, from non-English speaking backgrounds and others who who are... you know infirm and and need the bank they've always gone to their local bank and now they're having to catch taxis because they can't use public transport um to just get some money out, and they're spending at least forty dollars a week just to go and get their money out of the bank.
2: And that's just the reality of it there, isn't it? I mean, that's heartbreaking to think that you're losing almost half of your money in order just to go and get it. Ben, thank you for sharing that. This text, obviously, you or someone you know hasn't been hacked. I will never online bank again because I just don't trust the security. I'm still in dispute after 12 months, says Kathy. And another saying, I love giving cash to my granddaughters in their Christmas birthday cards. A transfer has no magic. That's from Suzanne. Do we still need physical? banks and how does the closure of a local bank affect you This is the Conversation Hour on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria Michelle Hunt with you, Kirsten Dipro is joining you from ABC Warrnambool and because there's a Senate inquiry that's running right through to the end of the year actually Kirsten into the closure of rural and regional banks and just how many of our banks are shutting down. Today we're asking is it important do we need them any longer? Sylvia called through. Hi Sylvia. Hello. Hi, good yes. morning. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Uh, so, am I on now? You're on air, Sylvia. What would you like to say? Okay. I'd just
0: like to say that if our local bank closed down, I would really, really miss the lovely friendship of the ladies in the bank when I go to do my transactions. And, you know, I'm, I'm a lot better off financially now than I was in my earlier days Uh, but it makes no difference at all whether you've got a bit of money or whether you haven't got much money that the ladies always make you feel welcome and I would really really
3: miss that if they weren't there. I think that's a great point that you make Silviana especially about whether you've got a lot of money or or not. I think banks will fall over you if you've got a lot of money no matter how or where they'll they'll find a way to fall over you. But if sure. you don't That, that, that connection is so important. And I mean, they can actually help you to, to bank or become kind of, you know, a bit more financially savvy. You know, I know in my younger years, um, I had bank tellers help me with, you know, where I should put my money. And of course they have to do. They're not, they don't give you financial advice, but they can give you some of that basics that you might not have got anywhere else.
0: Mm, mm, true. Oh, it's good to hear from you, Sylvie. We would really miss them. Yeah, Yeah. and where
2: are you? Whereabouts do you live? Uh, I live in country Victoria near Kilmore. Okay, so, yeah. And are you worried that your banks might close down?
0: Well, I would be worried if I thought they were going to close down.
2: Yes, I certainly would. Sylvia, thank you so much for your call. Well, a woman who's pretty much her life's work, Kirsten, has been looking into the closure of banks and the impacts that it has on us is Dale Webster. She's an independent journalist. And the work that you've done, Dale, I mean, where do we begin? You've won awards and walkleys for the work that you've done. You spent a year counting every bank in regional Victoria. And just this month, amongst many other things, you have written an open letter to the Prime Minister of Australia asking him what he plans to do about these bank closures. Welcome to the Conversation Hour. Why are you so passionate about this?
5: Oh, hello. Um, look, I it was lovely to hear Kirsten's story about going into the, the Hamilton um, branch with her family because that was uh, one of my dad's um, old branches when wow. he was ah. manager. Um, <laughs> Dad passed away 18 months ago and um, he is He's, you know, my background, my upbringing is the reason um, I was always passionate uh, about reporting on bank closures when I was, um, I used to work for the Weekly Times, we'd always cover the local, you know, local branch closures. Um, And I just, I wanted to do something to help these places, Um, I got very, you know, you People had talked to you about their bank closing and, and all their hope would go into this story that you'd be writing for them, um, that, that it might make a difference. And you just knew it wouldn't. So um, when I had the time, I, I started looking into it properly and, and wanted to put together what would be a, 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 the national angle to this, which is, um, you know, what, what happens when you create banking deserts, which is what is happening in regional Australia um, and what's the economic impact on it and of it and yeah it's grown from there and and yes I did spend a year Um, it wasn't just counting all the banks in Victoria it was every every big four bank in um, another bank nationally in regional Australia so yes
3: Well, we're glad you did, Dale, because the banks don't really publicly often let you know. I think Westpac recently announced some closures, but they usually don't do it on the big scale. Um, I covered some local ones around this region and there were people, I remember in Koroit, there was people holding signs up like picketing to try and save the bank. And of course, it didn't work. Dale, why are banks closing? One word,
5: it's just greed. It, it really is they they have an agenda um they it costs money to get cash out to regions um they're trying to uh they they're using branch closures to uh on their carbon savings as well they're they're reporting um any any bank closures is a carbon saving um doesn't matter that people now have to get in a car and drive two hundred kilometers to the <laughs> at least sometimes to the next bank, and is creating uh, a bigger
3: problem. But so it's a carbon saving because of the building, like the asset of the building. They don't have to worry yeah. about yeah, air conditioning and those sorts of things.
5: Yeah, yeah, but they're actually creating a bigger problem. So, um, yeah, they're, they're, it's it's just it's an internal agenda, and they have really lost touch with their customer base, which is it's a pretty big worry for them. And I hope the the Senate inquiry looks at this. Mm. For a, a bank to have a a license, it's got to have a customer base. And you know they're they're disenfranchising you know this massive great um, you know that they're, they're making most of their money out of regional Australia these days like it's.
2: Um, well, we'll speak to the the uh, the Banking Association a little later in this program, but it's interesting. There's a few texts here, Dale. One that says, we can just get cash out at the supermarket when you're doing a shop. Easy peasy, says Mark. But another that says, uh-huh. I manage a major supermarket in Mount Martha on the Mornington Peninsula. It's a major inconvenience when banks close local branches. We have a lot of tourists over the summer months. They keep asking for cash out. We're now forced to keep more cash in our vaults. It's a major imposition on us we've spent thousands of dollars upgrading our security systems to cope with carrying the extra cash.
5: Yeah, cash is cash is the big issue. Um, people wouldn't realise that it's very easy to throw around comments like, you know, cash is on the way out and, you know, we don't, don't need it, we're not using it. But the interesting fact is that there's more cash in Australia now than there's ever been at any point in our history, even when you adjust it. So, it's um, my my premise with the stories I was writing was when you you take banks away, it actually um, creates um, more of a need to use cash uh, because you're you're almost creating these little cash economies uh, out in these banking deserts, and um, the pressure gets put on the supermarket or the post office, and the ABA will tell you that um, that the the post office is stepping into you fill the the role of the branch, but. You can only do very, very basic services, and and it's not set up for business banking. You know, it, it, they can't cope with the amount. I've, I've had a message that I saw yesterday that there was a, a branch that where their their NAB was closing down, and and they the, the businesses there was thirty five businesses in one day trying to register at this little little local post office for for um, you know business cash, and they just couldn't cope. So. The post offices are doing a great job, but they're they're franchisees. They're they're just little little business people, and um, it's it's getting to a point where it's it's beyond them. Um, mm.
3: and, and Dale, and in uh, a country town or a c- regional areas, you know, I often um, use Australia Post to get money out. Um, from but it's usually from like roadhouses where there's like a tiny little Oz Post kind of at the back and it's only open maybe a couple of days of the week so I have to time it if I'm lucky and and like you said there's limited I know that one of them I can only get up to $400 in one go so it's not it's not a bank it provides a helpful service but mm. that's what it looks like for a lot of rural areas like <laughs> you can't yeah and, and Australia Post of course has got a, a suite of its own kind of issues that it's Dealing with as well, Dale, I wanted to ask you about um, Commonwealth well, Bank profits. So, the Commonwealth Bank specifically posted a five point two billion half-year profit just the other week. Um, you know, and this is partially kind of caused by those lifted interest rate rises that many of us are experienced, experiencing. It's it's not like the banks can't afford to keep these branches open. So what would be their argument for closing them? They want to go out of
5: money. I don't think they like customers and I don't think they like cash, which is quite surprising. But, um, you know, they try and tell you that these branches aren't profitable. Um, I had someone, a, a manager at a branch that's closing, tell me the other day he would buy the branch in a heartbeat if it was offered as a franchise, it was so profitable. So there's something going on behind the scenes mm. that, that I don't think any of us are privy to. Um,
2: well, we'll try and get some answers out of Australian Banking Association in just a moment. Dale, thank they, you. They will, they
5: will quote figures like 97% of people um, are using electronic transactions. Yeah, well, we've got a full it's board really of
2: calls got... that are going to dispute that pretty much. So yeah, so speak.
5: yeah, that's just transactions. So um, there's a lot of banking business that people just don't. Um, you know, they just can't do it um, at post office and that sort of thing. And, and look, just one one important point is it's... Like, I don't use the word lightly, discrimination, but, but the, the elderly and disabled are being discriminated against. And um, these are the people that... They're, they're the first generation of businesses in country towns that built up... You know, car yards, built motels, people—all the people that my dad looked after as a manager. You know, helped them extend their wineries, those sorts of things. They're now into the the next generation that are benefiting from those really good manager customer relations in through the 70s and 80s and that sort of thing. And but they my dad in the end couldn't even ring ring his local branch. You know, it probably broke him in the end. It, it oh. it's it's just um,
2: it changes you know, so The people quickly, that set them it? up.
5: Yeah. yeah, the people that set the banks up to the position they're being in at the moment cannot access their banks. So it,
2: that's where the problem is. And to think, Dale, that you're probably one of the last of the generation of being a banker's kid. You know, oh, how many yeah. people now will say, oh, yeah, I'm a I'm a bank kid. You know, I grew up in banks. My mum or my dad, you know, worked in the local bank or was the local bank manager. Dale, it really is your life's work. And again, we're sorry to hear about uh, the loss of your dad. So thanks so much for spending some time with us. No worries at all. See, I'm Dale Webster, independent journalist, who, as you just heard, has done an incredible amount of research into the closure of regional and rural banks. This text, my mum died 23 years ago. She went into the Bendigo Bank every week in Coburg for as long as I could remember. And all through its changes from a credit union to a bank, the women who worked in the bank came to her funeral. It was amazing and reassuring. The fact this is the relationship you have. You know, that your local bank teller, is coming to your funeral it's just absolutely incredible lorraine's in a vocal. hi lorraine good morning how are you good what did you want to say uh, i used to work for a south australian
1: uh, regional bank which is now owned by westpac they're still operating under their own banner and i was a, a branch manager for two branches in regional um in the adelaide hills um Then following that, I actually worked for the finance sector union and we used to travel extensively throughout South Australia and Northern Territory during country trips. And I saw the devastation that the closure of regional branches uh, uh, caused because quite often farmers' wives had part-time work in the bank and that was the only way that they could keep afloat by that extra money. Um, And you had single parents who relied on that. uh, so, and of course, that was just as equally devastating in metro areas. Doesn't matter where you go, but certainly has a greater impact on regional. Um, and yeah, I yeah. concur with all the other points that people have raised. And um, also, ironically, last year we were scammed, and I noticed a huge amount of money went out of my account. And I walked into my local Bendigo branch,
2: and I think I burst into tears. And I mean, you can't you can't do that standing outside an ATM. No. Well, you probably get to charge $2 just for even asking them a question, even if you can find, I mean, even so many people, Lorraine, are even saying it's hard to even find
3: ATMs now. Lorraine, thank you. Yeah, Lorraine made a really good point, I think, that we haven't touched on about employment. You know, the the employment in, in country towns, in suburbs, is just not there because there are no bank teller jobs or not as many bank teller jobs as there once were, and you really feel that in regional areas. Uh Alison, I is with us. She's a Rainbow resident, which is in the northern Wimmera. Um, uh, sorry, I'm about to call you Rainbow, Alison. Join. Uh, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. So you um, were concerned when the local bank, the Commonwealth Bank, closed back in 2021. Is that right? That's right. February. Uh, well,
6: sorry, it closed in in April 2021. Um, yeah, and we—I um, was—I was quite concerned and had lots of feedback from the community. So we organised a public meeting in February before it closed. Prior to that, I'd done a fair bit of research in contacting um, the Commonwealth because we did have the Commonwealth and the National. Now we've only got the common, uh, the National uh, and the Post Office. Um, yeah, so the public meeting we had um, 50, 60 people, which is roughly, you know, sort of 10% of our population. And um, I'd spoken to the Bendigo Bank, because uh, people would ask me, oh, perhaps we can get a community branch. And after much discussion with them, the answer was no, they're not opening any more community bank branches. Because, um, yeah, not profitable, once again, the old story. Uh, so yeah, we... So how uh, does
2: that affect your local community, Alison?
6: Um, well, it means we're down to, uh, the National Australia Bank, which at present due to staffing, they're only open one morning a week, um, and our post office, which is fabulous, and we can, you know, withdraw and deposit money there, and including, yeah. um, uh, for older people using a passbook, so...
2: That, and again, uh, they was sort think. of hearing that story, don't we, that it's falling back onto the post office and another role and all of these little examples of, oh, but you can use this and you can use that or the access is here. But uh, as we heard, Alison, thank you, that we just need that little bit more and we need that extra service. So does it affect you? Does it impact you in any way if a physical bank in your local area shuts down? This is The Conversation Hour on
4: ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria.
2: Michelle Hunt with you in Melbourne, Kirsten Dipro is joining you from ABC Warrnambool and there is a Senate inquiry, it's running through until the end of the year, looking into regional and rural bank closures after the closure of 100 regional bank branches since September 2022. That hearing will first be held in sale in Victoria and Gippsland starting in March, so in just a few days time and the inquiry will look into the economic and the welfare impacts of losing banks in regional Australia and Victoria, as well us the process that banks are following to close these branches and the reasons that are being given. Anna Bly is the CEO of the Australian Banking Association and uh, some people, and in particular the union, are uh, saying that there is no reason given, that the bank is simply just putting a notice up on the door or maybe sending an email to customers to let them and to notify them of the bank closure. Why are we seeing such a huge number of bank closures across our regions?
4: well good morning it's um it's a pleasure to have an opportunity to join this conversation and i haven't been able to listen to everything but i have been listening over the last you know 10 or 15 minutes and and i think what we're hearing is um, just how difficult it is when massive transformational changes occur in our society Um, banks are moving the way they provide services to follow their customers customers voting with their feet in literally thousands of numbers but there is equally a group of customers for whom it is much harder to make that change and right now we're all the whole community in the middle of this transformation and it doesn't happen at the same pace for everybody and i'm not going to tell you that banks have got all of this right by any means um, but as more and more customers leap into the virtual banking space We need to make sure that our banks are putting more and more and more of their resources into keeping those customers safe from frauds and scams and keeping the technology up to date. So there's there's a real shift happening.
3: And the numbers are staggering. and Bligh, you mentioned that there is, you know, this shift happening and that there are some customers that are taking longer, but that we also know that there are some customers that just really are never going to be able to make that change. You know, people who might have disabilities, um, people. Who, there are always going to be a section of community who need that face-to-face support, and part of that has always been provided and, and, and been within those banks' four walls and part of the community.
4: Absolutely, Uh, and I think there is a responsibility on banks to do what they can to bring as many people and give them the opportunity to enjoy the convenience of the new way of banking, but there's also a responsibility to do what they can to make sure people aren't left behind. And you've talked a lot about the post office. I think it's important to be very clear that Australian banks actually pay the post office for these services, and many of those franchisees in those small towns would find it very hard to be keeping their head above water without some of the funds that go into them from um, the very significant contribution financially that banks are making to keep... the bank branch might be gone, but the bank services haven't all disappeared. There would be a lot that would dispute that
2: though, Anna Bly. And I I find it hard to believe that when we're hearing from just small country towns and suburban uh, Melbourne, when a bank shuts down and that teller is lost or that bank manager is gone, that that's because the focus and the shift of that bank is looking into fraud or is looking into cybercrime for us. I mean, these are bank tellers. These are people that aren't then going to go and be redeployed into the area of of fraud. And yes, we need to invest resources and uh, and money and put our focus into that part of banking. But in some of these towns, people are having to drive 40, 50 minutes just to get to a bank. I mean, surely it just makes more sense to keep a bank open in that area.
4: Well, as I said, what we're seeing is massive, massive drop-offs of foot traffic in branches. So, you know, if I give you an example of a branch that's recently closed in the Sale region, which is where the Senate inquiry will have Um, you know, their first, um, I think, their first committee meeting, um, you know, between 2020 and 2022, so it's just in two years, there was an 88% drop in the number of cash withdrawals made at that branch, and there was an 89% drop um, in cash deposits. So they're down to having things like 328 cash deposits a year. It's less, you know, it's almost, it's less than one and a half, probably, a day. So... You know, I do think that there's a real question here about when. I do think banks have an obligation um, to explain why that's happening, and one of the um, one of the decisions of the previous uh, government's regional banking task force was that banks should have um, an impact statement, or a sorry, an, a statement of reasons um, that they display and that they make publicly available. Uh, all banks will be doing that. We're just looking at a template now that will make it consistent. So if that's um, a template, though, image. that's not
2: going to give individual reasons to individual communities as to why yes, that bank is it's shutting down.
4: No, yes, it will. It'll be a template that says, that, you know, this is you, you, whether it's ComBank or NAB or... A and Z, you'll get the same and will people information.
2: people have, do you expect out of this Senate inquiry for a community, as Kirsten said earlier, at her, one of her local towns, and we've seen this time and time again, people literally picketing, right, to save their local bank. That's how much they need it. Will there, do you think at the end of this inquiry, will there be any opportunity for locals to dispute a bank closing down. The bank will have to tick certain amount of boxes to prove why they're shutting down a bank and how it will or will not affect that community and if at the end all those ticks and checks and balances aren't in place that that bank will have to stay open.
4: Look, I think it's just too early to preempt the inquiry. They haven't even had their first meeting yet. Um, You know, I don't think anybody is under any illusions that um, for many communities, um, it's It is hard. They don't like losing their bank branch. and No-one's going to sit here and say it's a good thing. Um, But what I can say is it's really important for people to understand the breadth of services that Australia Post is offering, the breadth of services that are available for people to do over the phone Um, and many of the services that are um, 98%, the figure that Australia Post gives us is that 98% of the services that you would find people doing in a branch they are doing in the post office so there are some services and you're right two percent of them that can't be done in the post office but some of those like mm. getting a mortgage can be done over the phone oh,
3: so i, I don't think on. a lot of people want to get a mortgage <laughs> over the phone it's a big well, thing you, you, know? you no, know no you, you can't people you can't are now that.
2: doing it over zoom so you know we've got there but are that's a sad that state of affairs isn't it if right. we're getting mortgages well, Why? because you need that personal service. This is a huge it life investment. Oh, I think you haven't had lots done a video conference? Well, 60% of, like, of people are doing it. That's not a disagreement. But that's not because they want to do it. It's because they have no choice, I would say. No,
4: no, no, no. This is people who are busy at work. They want to do it after, after working hours with their partner in their lounge room in the middle of Sydney. It's not in, a regional...
3: When it comes to a big investment, I think most people can agree that you want that regular person that you can talk to, that you can chat to again in a couple of months. But, and I, I wanted to ask you um, about the, the I balancing... I you're
4: absolutely right. All our, all our research says the time that people most want, a person, whether it's on a video conference or in person, is when they make those big life decisions. But they might be making them three or four times in their life Most people aren't getting a mortgage at their local branch every week.
2: It's a... a yeah, but that's just because you can't time. because the local yeah. branches. Anyway, let's move on. But oh, hang, on, I wanted hang, on to,
4: hang on, hang on. You didn't do, You didn't get a mortgage every week at your branch. No, Nobody I know, does. but
3: that's why you want that face-to-face <laughs> service, you know. Like, that's why you want to know well, that you're being held. Someone's holding your hand and helping you, and there's recourse when you have that, you know, that relationship with someone. Um, look, Anna Bly, who's the CEO of the Banking Australian Banking Association, you, you know, I think you've, you've really been outlining the economic imperatives of, of banks, banks of businesses, and and we understand that they have shareholders. Would you know banks be open to and and perhaps this could be raised perhaps at the Senate inquiry? But would banks be open to a sort of legislative requirement, you know, a, about servicing certain areas, whether it's rural areas, you know, a, a particular radius or or suburbs with higher levels of disadvantage, you know, that's that sort of bricks and mortar service that we're talking about would there be an opening for government intervention or legislation in this space?
4: Well there's always the possibility for governments to legislate Uh, but you know I would again I would just point out that banks fund bricks and mortar post offices to provide these services if they were required by legislation to keep branches open that people weren't using it would become very difficult for them to keep funding the post office in these little towns where people are in their droves changing the way they bank. So there'd be consequences that would have to be thought through and looked at. Um, But I think banks are going into this inquiry with an open mind. They do want to be heard on the investment they're making in Australia Post because their branch might leave town, but they're paying for the services to stay. They are making massive investments in keeping customers safe in the online environment. And nobody's suggesting that a teller is going to become, you know, a technology expert and it's not a direct swap, but banks are now spending eight times as much on technology and safety than they are mm. on bricks and mortar. But they're were, but they going in with an open mind and we'd hope that the Senators have an open mind to really understanding what's happening in banking, how the overwhelming majority of customers is shifting very quickly um, and It's interesting. Australia, we are very early adopters of financial technology. We're about the third in the world. So it's happening at a pace that I think is very hard for people. And if there are better ways of doing it, then I think our banks will be very open-minded to listening, but they would like to be listened to as well. Mm.
3: Well, What about customer service over the phone? We hear a lot of people have rung up and said, you know, I don't like waiting an hour on the line for something. Um, I'm nervous with the credit card and having to do that over the phone. If the direction, and it seems to be, is that kind of over-the-phone banking, are there improvements in making sure that, you know, we speak to the appropriate person quickly who can actually help us with our inquiry?
4: Um, Well, potentially. We've actually, interestingly, seen an increase in um, people doing telephone or ringing call centres to do some of the basic, um, you know, banking services. There was an increase during covid because people couldn't leave their houses and they couldn't get to their branches. Um, And some of that increase has actually held beyond COVID. So people who who learned how to do some of the basic banking services on um, the telephone and through call centres have kept doing their banking that way. So it's not everybody shifting rapidly to apps and Apple wallets. It's also people doing things by the by the phone, which suits them sometimes mm. as a constant. Other times they go into yeah, the Yeah, I guess what Kirsten's a...
2: saying, though, is will the service improve?
4: I think you'll see constant improvements as more and more people are choosing these different options. Um, it's that it's straddling the transformation that is yeah. causing some of the tension. Um, and, and I would say to those people, I'm not sure what services they were looking for on the phone, but, I mean, one of the things I would say is, you know, if you really want to do it face-to-face go to your local post office. Um, you know, these are people who are, they get training in what they do. They know their community. They're being funded to do it. Now, that doesn't mean that every post office is perfect. They're only human and no one would tell you that bank branches were perfect. It's you know? yeah. the same problem really in regional
3: best. areas, though, in rural areas, like the the Oz Post in the corner of the roadhouse is only open one or two days, can only do basic services. You still have to travel in uh, to a big town to do it which is the same problem that we're facing now and
2: uh, the idea of you know if you need to see your local bank then go to your local post office i mean that sentence within itself doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me and we're out of time but we thank you for your time and to give us some of your insights into what you think will happen out of this senate inquiry it is going all the way through to december so hopefully a lot of the questions and we have a full board of calls and i cannot keep up with the texts at the moment that are wanting some answers to this but thanks for for answering some of them for us today Thank you. Anna Blythe, the CEO of Banking Association of Australia. What's interesting, Kirsten, is that there's two key words into the Senate inquiries because it's looking into the economic but into the welfare impacts of bank closures. And that's the key phrase, isn't it? The, The welfare. And that's what we're hearing from people today. It's how it's impacting their lives beyond the financial issues here. I mean, lots of people saying, you know, Rochelle and Kirsten, I'm just so angry listening to Anna Bly, completely out of touch with the reality of most people. What about the social responsibility of banks in view of massive profits? And another saying Anna Bly should go line up at the NOB in sale. It's hideous. So there's huge cues there.
3: Right. And, you know, there are huge cues at the Australia Post, I know, in my local towns because they have to do so much work Um and, and we, we constantly hear that they're picking up the slack. Um, and welfare is one of those things that's really difficult to measure. So I'm looking forward to hearing those stories that will come out of that Senate inquiry that really paint the picture, like we did from that, from Ben in St Kilda, who told about, Um, the people he supports who have to drive and pay for a taxi, $40, just to get money out because they need extra support. So it's those kind of stories that will really paint that welfare picture and it's hard to get those statistics when you're talking about welfare. Joe's in Mount Eliza. Good morning.
6: Hi. I would have to
0: say I take great offence to what Anna Bly has been saying to say this is a transformative type of banking now is not the case. It's the banks bullying us into doing our banking in this way. And if she were to have a problem and ring the banks, she would find she was on the phone for at least two hours before she gets through, has pressed numerous buttons, have to say your name, address, date of birth over and over at times, ad nauseum, and then when you finally get through to someone... I can't understand some of them because obviously the call
2: centres are outsourced. Yeah, Joe, good on you. Good to hear from you as well. We're going to try and whip through as many calls as we can because people have been waiting a really long time. Judith Centurac, morning. Morning. What did you want to say? Um, just referring
0: to Anna Blind, uh, relate in relation to sale, she quoted that uh, there'd been a large drop in customers or in in banking revenue um over the years twenty to twenty two. Well that was when COVID was on. No one was going anywhere in that time. So that that is not mm. a reliable
3: um statistic to work on. Yeah, thank- to no, thank you for your point, Judith. Uh, Valerie is in reservoir. Hi Valerie.
4: Hi, how are you? Um I bank with the ANZ and they closed the branch in Reservoir here, and uh, but if you go to the post office, the ANZ isn't with the other three banks, Commonwealth, NAB and Westpac, so you can't do your banking at um, the post office. You can
2: pay bills, but you can't withdraw your money there. Mm. I would love to actually hear from someone today as well. So thank you, Valerie, that works at a post office. Like if I think about my local post office and a family, they're often little family-run businesses, and the amount of things they have to do and the variety of stuff they have to do, and I'm trying to think if there's a physical... There's not actually a physical bank in my suburb. There's one or two ATMs of which you have to be charged a fortune for, I, do, I mean, the queue would be out the door to try and provide all of the services. And the idea that, oh, well, just go to your post office.
3: And any post office I go to in my sort of, you know, radius of traveling has different days, has different abilities. So I don't, I often don't know what it can or can't do. And I, I've literally spent, um, you know, gone to three or four different places to, to do a simple kind of banking thing because. That, you know, I can't find yeah. the right service for what I need. There's a text
2: here that says, oh, this is a little bit one-sided and w- I'm trying really hard right, <laughs> to be balanced here because that's our role and our job. And I agree that, yes, th- most of us have moved online and that most of us do bank uh, in a digital format in yes. some way and that's how we process money. But I guess what today has highlighted for me is that doesn't mean that small communities, whether it be suburban Melbourne or regional towns, don't need a physical bank. It, it's not one or the other, surely.
3: Yeah, that choice would, would be nice to have. And I understand that banks are businesses and, you know, I, I wouldn't know enough about it to say that it should be any other way. Um, you know, we, we've got to mm-hmm. maintain banks as businesses but you know this is i mean to me this this is the role of government is having these difficult conversations so that's what the senate inquiry is about as to this is if this is a service that people want you know and if they need to prove that or ask that question of people um then how how can it be Mm. provided in a fair way and maybe it is unfair for the banks to have to provide a service that costs a lot of money and maybe they do need assistance. But I look at their profits – and it seems to be pretty good, you know, yeah. like they're not and look, struggling.
2: And we did ask the major banks to be a part of today's program. A part of the reason why we had uh, Anna Bly, who's the CEO of the Australian Banking Association, is that but she does represent all of the major banks. Paul Vestige is the policy manager for Combined Pensioners and Superannuation Australia, uh, Association. Paul how important are physical banks here? I mean, we've probably, to be honest, only had one or two texts saying, look, the majority of us don't need physical banks and overwhelmingly there has been a tsunami of people upset by the fact that they've lost their bank. Where do you sit on this?
7: Well, we we, we have a lot of uh, members in uh, in regional Australia um, and also in outer suburbs and they're saying the same things as uh, as your callers just now, that um It is very difficult to do your banking um you know a large part of it is that um, um this is a manifestation of, of, of the of the digital divide where people um simply haven't moved as fast as um as other people um and they are now in the in the minority so we're seeing a transition from um from face to face banking to uh, to to online banking um, and that is a transition that is very difficult for people who haven't um, become um, haven't gone online or in some cases have gone online but don't trust online to do their banking that is really the difficulty um, that uh, that the the Senate inquiry um, should should address and and find a way in which um, uh, people who cannot um, or do not want to uh, bank online um, are looked after and are not left behind.
3: Is it almost ageist? You know, um, I remember my grandmother who only died a couple of years ago was 91. She never used a computer. Um, She did her banking in person and then in her later years, you know, her children helped her bank. Um, she never drove a car, you know? Like, it's it's a big leap to start expecting people to internet bank sometimes when that's not been their life experience.
7: Sure. Um, the thing is, I, you know, we can call it ages, and it, it certainly affects older people more than it affects uh, younger people. Um, but the the thing is that banks are so orientated towards technology now that the whole culture of a bank is that, No one there can imagine, really, a person not being online. Um, And you you, you sort of get a blaming attitude that, um, well, why aren't these people online? Why don't they get their children to to help them to go online? Um, And and that sort of attitude um, has given rise to to community Mm. anger quite clearly. Um,
2: Do you hope that this is something that the Senate inquiry will look into?
7: Well, yes, and, uh, you know, people should make submissions and personal stories um, are of enormous value in, in those inquiries. So people should um, should um, uh, write letters, write their submissions to the standard inquiry. Uh, we will do the same, um, and we will argue that as part of a bank licence, um, there should be a stipulation that, that banks have an obligation that when they close a branch, uh, that they look at uh, uh, their customers individually almost um, to make sure that those people have an alternative if the bank closes. That should be part and parcel of Are um, you confident the that will happen, process. Paul? <laughs> I'm never confident that anything we recommend will happen, but um, it should. It, it quite clearly should. There is a community... A service obligation on banks, um, which um, which which goes beyond you know making profits. Um, yeah, that's what I guess when non- we come
2: back to that line, the the welfare impacts of losing banks in regional and rural Australia. Paul, thanks for your time. Thank you. Paul Vestige. she's the policy manager for the Combined Pensioners and Superannuations of uh, uh, Association of Australia. And this text here, and this is something that we haven't even had time to get into today, Kirsten, because it's quite hated, really, isn't it? Because it's so personal. It really affects people's everyday lives. But it says, internet service in regional and rural, rural Australia have a lot to be desired in a lot of places. Internet banking is not always an option. My family in Daniloquin don't even have a mobile phone service
3: yeah exactly it taps into uh, so many issues here you know about that that withdrawal of the human factor and you can get away with more if there's not a real person there and i think what we've discovered is how much we we love our local interactions with real banks and real bank t- tellers and managers But when you go higher up, the interactions and the feelings towards banks is very different to, you know, when you're in the front door of the banks and the wonderful people who work in those on-the-ground banks.
2: Kirsten Diprose joining you from ABC Warnable. A huge thanks to everyone for today's program. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Until then, take care and speak soon.